everybody. So, uh, I kind of wanted to record this just in case someone is going to go through this in the future, or if you know me, know my family, uh, this will explain it in more depth than I could ever do via the random text messages, Facebook comments, you know, DMs and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, me and the whole fam, uh, except my brother and his wife in Los Angeles ended up getting the Rona. We got the Rona the first week of December, and uh, <laughs> ironically, I'm a hypochondriac, and uh, boy, the amount of panic and freakout in the beginning, and uh, I guess the first 10 days, was massive. Um, it's <laughs> it's pretty emotional uh, to watch your family and everything go through that, so it, it's been an ordeal. So I just want to tell you guys kind of what we went through uh, in case you or your family one day ends up in a similar spot. You can kind of see how bad it got and and kind of gauge, you know, I just want some positive information out there. Because if you're anything like me, uh, you know, you read all the terrible articles of insanely fucked up shit happening and like people getting limbs amputated, you know, neurological damage. I mean... I feel like all the tremendously shitty stories definitely get published, and this is kind of like a an average, not really healthy group of people uh, getting this, and kind of our experience um, and and what we went through. So, my old man, uh, he is shit. I should know this. Fifty eight this year. Uh, it's January third, twenty twenty one, right now. And he has been overweight all his life. He's in pretty good shape now. He's like 240 pounds. Uh, he's a type 2 diabetic, but he is just an old school steel mill working dude where, I mean, I can just watch him pick up a transmission of a car with one arm. And I mean, he's, he's, he's of a bygone generation because we are all tremendously sissy men in, uh, in guys like that's shadow these days. Um, so it's always kind of uncomfortable whenever you see kind of the human side, uh, and vulnerability when like, you know, you just grew up and this guy was indestructible, you know? Um, so he started to catch a little bit of a cold at his office. Uh, he's in commercial printing and it's a big 300 square foot warehouse with 200 employees. And, uh, you know, it's it's not uncommon for people to get colds and all that other stuff. Um, the work, his office would make people test, and, you know, it was nine out of ten times people had a cold. Um, they caught a couple people lying and playing hooky uh, to, like, go on vacation or entertain. Like, it's just one of those things where their COVID positivity rates were never really anything to be feared until now. Um, but anyways, he, uh, he was feeling a little sick in the beginning, uh, kind of like a stuffy nose, sinus cold kind of deal. And he didn't really make a lot of it. Uh, five days after that, he came home on like a Friday and basically collapsed. And when I say collapsed, uh, I mean, I, he just knocked out, went to sleep. He didn't like, you know, fall down in the living room or something, but he, <laughs> He's really good when he's sick of just turning his brain off like a switch. And when he has like a normal cold, 
they'll just blast through 16 hours with his door closed and sleep and come back out. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Um, so it wasn't really out of the ordinary to, to see him do something like that sick. Um, but he, he had a fever. Uh, we tested his temperature that night, which I think the Friday was the 4th of December. And it was 102, which is a shitty fever. Like, that that feels high for what the hell you're normally supposed to be. So when we saw the fever, all of us kind of looked at each other, me, my sister, and my mom, and went, oh, shit. Like, this is a signature sign of the old Rona. So the next morning, um, we ended up taking him to an urgent care. I think they have the Abbott quick test uh, kind of set up where in 15 minutes, uh, you know, you can get your results and it, it was a shit show. Um, you know, we ended up waiting in the car for two hours to, to get the results. So, and you know, my old man just being, you know, one of those macho guys, he was just kind of in agony, sweating his ass off with a fever in the parking lot. Like it was, it was kind of a shitty thing. Um, but we got the results and he was positive, um, which really like at that moment, it was the, Oh fuck. Like we are on this roller coaster. We're along for the ride, wherever it goes, we're strapped in. And we had just had nine months of absolute fear porn on all the news channels. And you know, it, it, it was kind of a, the first 10 minutes you hear that it was just fucking doomsday like it was oh my god here we are so i had showed no symptoms and it's kind of weird but in august to that first week in december i had actually gotten super healthy and like began doing cardio twice a day uh drinking protein shakes instead of you know delicious del taco um i I was just kind of taking care of taking care of myself just because the workload working remote has i mean this year business-wise for me personally has been a joke like there's just you know working with the entertainment industry and everything it's just so much was put on hold that uh getting healthy kind of gave me a reason to separate the days um was sad lonely and pathetic as that sounds So I had lost about 100 pounds, was feeling good, and the day my dad tested positive, I was like, well, shit, I'm going to go quarantine in my house and leave my mom, sister, and dad at their house alone. Um, So in traditional fashion, I, uh, you know, I I hate this about me, but I panic my ass off, go on Amazon, uh, I buy the weird, you know, the, the goddamn lung... Uh, exercise thing with the straw where you, you know, blow it out and it's supposed to, you know, show you your lung capacity and and get it better if you can. I buy a pulse oximeter. I buy Tylenol for fevers. I I end up just making a a home kit of stuff I think I'll need if I'm here by myself and I got sick and I obviously got some some stuff for my folks. Um... (laughs) You know, it, it, it's weird because the only symptom in the beginning my dad really had was fever, fatigue, um, some headaches. But, like, it was the kind of fatigue that I could tell getting up and going to the bathroom was a massive pain in the ass for this guy. And, 
like that's just uh, I don't know maybe growing up it was like that with the flu uh, I, I don't know how much of this I'm looking through the lens of Jesus Christ, this is COVID, this is the worst. You know, I, I don't know how much of this was hypersensitivity. Um, but, like, those first couple days, his his fever would go up, we'd give him Tylenol, it would drop one degree, and when the Tylenol wore off, his fever would go back up a degree. Um, and he was kind of flirting with, you know, getting up, around 103 a couple times, which scared the shit out of us because we were told by some nurse friends and stuff like that, that anything north of 103, like you need to get his ass to the hospital. You can stroke out. I mean, allegedly, I don't know shit about anything, but I heard like at 104, you can start running into some weird problems with the brain. So, um, you know, we give him Tylenol, the fever kind of subsides. But when the fever subsides in a day or two from kind of where he spiked at 103, he starts getting a nasty cough, which we're like, hey, you know, we probably don't have to take you to the hospital for this cough. But like, you know, like your 103 fever was looking kind of uncontrollable. So we didn't in the beginning, we weren't super scared of the cough. Well, the cough continued to get progressively shittier, and my sister, who works at an ear, nose, and throat doctor, kind of called around to, like, the local emergency room, which we had been to before for, for other different stuff, and they made it sound like, if you are not completely fucked and can breathe, do not come down here. We're full. There's nothing we can do for you. Like, if you just have a cough, you need to ride this shit out at home, which... We were worried about pneumonia because his cough kind of started to get like wet and crackly. And of course, my mom, who's just not scared of anything, jumps on Google, which I lacked the balls to do the entire time we were going through this this month long process and saw that, you know, if it is pneumonia or early pneumonia, there's drugs and therapeutics or something they can give you that's supposed to help. And we were all terrified as his kind of carekeepers that this would not be, you know, we, we'd fuck up somewhere along the road and, and make the wrong decision. So we end up getting him to go to an ER and get checked out because his pulse ox dropped below 90. It went to 89. And uh, that kind of scared the shit out of us. That was also a warning flag from one of our nurse friends that said, hey, Get your ass to the the hospital if this shit drops below ninety. He might need supplement supplemental oxygen. Like it's it's a sign this is going the wrong way for you. So we get him to go, uh, doctor. It's so weird. It's so weird how you go to these healthcare places and uh, they if you're like standing upright, they kind of fuck you off and, and it, it, it just you know like what are you doing here man you're fine get out of here uh it's it has to be terrifying when they think something's bad because just i feel like their bar for being in the shit is uh tremendously higher than probably your average person's but anyways doctor listens to his lungs everything sounds good says there's no fluid in there so we were just being probably sensitive uh to his cough which sounded bad to us but once again, we're on heightened sensitivity because you can't turn on the news without seeing people gasp for air. So, not great. Um, but 
we all felt pretty relieved after that and and kind of you know we brought him home and panicked less and his fever was under control and it was you know the cough the cough would keep him up at night and it like it's the kind of fucked up cough with a flu where like your whole body tenses so like your shoulders are aching and it's just this is not you know uh i i choked on some water or you know something went down the wrong pipe this was like a kind of like a whole body like ow cough um so anyways that started going away I, during this time, I was staying with my folks because I had been with them for eight hours a day the week leading up to this. Like, I was positive I was also sick. Um, I had no symptoms, felt no achiness, uh, nothing. I never got tested, but I ended up losing my sense of smell and taste while he was kind of going through the bad cough shit. So it was very obvious to me I had it because I can't. This wasn't like, hey, um, you know, I can't, uh, like, I I wasn't, like, no stuffy. I was like, I could bite into an onion and have no fucking idea what it was. It was, uh, like, a very alarming kind of lack of sense. So, anyways, my old man, um, at this point, he's coughing really bad. No fucking energy. Um... You know, he he would probably, from his bedroom, come out to the living room and sit upright in a chair for, like, an hour a day. And it would make us all so fucking happy to see him, like, able to sit up and, like, somewhat be aware of what was going on. And it was, like, it, it was a sense of normalcy that, like, we might be able to be getting past this. So... As fun as that was, it was also pretty nuts to watch him gas out from sitting for like 30 minutes for a show or, you know, a quarter of a football game and uh, have to go in and sleep for another 18 hours. Like it was just the fatigue looked fucking insane from the outside. So, you know, we kind of had a week or two of that where, you know, he, he would have a good day then he'd have a bad day and the bad days would (laughs) just emotionally we wanted him to get better so fast that it would like i would have a difficult time and call my brother and just be like dude like this when the you know when the fuck is this gonna stop and you know he (laughs) he would not spare me the details telling me this can go on for months and some people, you know, have this for six months and some people have the fever for, you know, a full 30 days, 40 days and just which, which are all true statistics, but Jesus, when you're already freaking out, that was, uh, that that was some tough, tough stuff to swallow at the time. But, you know, he, he ended up, I think it's Dysum. But he, he ended up finding a cough syrup after we just went and bought all this over-the-counter shit that finally got his cough under control uh, enough to where he could sleep instead of cough all night, which was kind of where we started to see some real progress because while he had kind of the whooping cough thing, he just, it, it's tensing his whole body up, which made him feel like shit and just... It, it, it was tough for him to get better while the cough was going on. So we really experimented with Robitussin. I mean, anything we could buy. And finally, we found the right concoction of that to where he could, you know, once again, if it was take twice a day, 
at the 11th hour after he had it, he'd start getting shitty again. And it was just, I mean, there was a solid week of that where without it, he'd be fucking miserable and he'd be coughing his ass off. And, you know, like we, you could, you could set a watch to when the shit was wearing off and when he needed more. Um, and, you know, after that, he, <laughs> he had a good day and, wanted to go to the garage and, you know, do some kind of around the home stuff. And you would just see him get massively winded with like kind of relatively easy around the house stuff just because, you know, the fatigue and, and like his stamina would be so low. Um, but he, he, you know, another week after that, he ended up getting good enough to, uh, go and end up going back to work, which is fucking nuts. Uh, but he's just one of those dudes where he, you know, he's loyal to his crew and just, you know, he, he felt like shit for missing two weeks just cause that's the kind of guy he is like, you know, he doesn't want to hang anybody out and I'm sure he missed those guys and the company he works for just got bought by a new group and I'm sure he didn't want to look like shit to the new group and you know, long story short, he ends up going to work, uh, to find out that like other managers also have it have been laid the fuck out for a week or two they're in various stages of you know being fucked up themselves which is why him coming back was you know so helpful for all those guys but uh you know he he did one day where (laughs) i mean most of the time it's a huge three hundred thousand square foot place and he would be walking around most of the time and he does eleven thousand steps easy like that's that's not trying and, you know, the first couple of days, he just had to have people come to him at his desk and just chill and not push it. But, you know, slowly but surely, the next couple of days, he kind of built up some steam. And I think he kind of got a high off, you know, being the fuck away from the house and seeing, you know, the outside. And, you know, people bought him a cupcakes when he came back, which is always very sensitive for a type 2 diabetic, uh, you know, fighting COVID. But... You know, uh, I think he just kind of got excited that like, hey, you know, I didn't walk outside for uh, 20 days and like, shit, I'm here now. So it's now January 3rd. Uh, He's doing good. He's worked a full week um, and he's, you know, we, we went for a small bike ride and the wind isn't quite there, but he's, if I just came into town and didn't live out here I wouldn't necessarily know he had it which is fucking amazing because he was legitimately in the pit of hell um I mean I kind of feel like an asshole saying that when so many people get it so tremendously worse and I I just I want to be sensitive to uh me overplaying this when like we're still so fucking lucky and so much better off than so many people you know, have been or will be that it's, it's, um, you know, for, for all of us kind of being overweight and not maybe having the greatest diet. Um, you know, I barely got symptoms. My mom and sister were out for a handful of days, felt like shit, felt fatigue, but not no fever, no crazy cough that, you know, sounded horrible. And, you know, my old man really teetered the line with like, hey, shit, if you <laughs> if you show me one or two vitals that's like any worse, like I would say he hit the line for going to the hospital 
Um, but thankfully, you know, he, he, he didn't have to. So it's, <laughs> it's weird, man. This, this year is fucked up because we're all not seeing our friends. We're all not seeing our family. Um, I, I feel like by the time we got to December, just like mentally, I was in a pretty, uh, shitty place with just being tired of not, you know, doing what we wanted to do and when you're already kind of like probably emotionally drained this thing hits and it's for me um I just found it extremely uh daunting to like mentally have to compute that while kind of in your soul being so fucking miserable and once again even that makes me sound like a huge pussy because people are you know, laid off and, and getting their house foreclosed. I mean, I, it's still a charmed existence that, that we live out here and me in particular, but, uh, you know, it, it shows you how soft we are. If we don't get to do what we want when we want it, you know, for, for nine months, it's, it's, <laughs> I, it's important to remember how fucked our great grandparents had it and everyone else had it. And I can door dash fucking any type of cuisine at any time of day to my front door and I just can't not cry and be a bitch about it so I I mean I get mixed feelings sometimes I'm I'm super emo and other times I'm like dude you are being a little bitch so I (laughs) I really I really bounce off those two um all the time but it's tough it's super tough and there was kind of a stigma where I didn't want to call a million people and tell them we were all going through this because I mean I was fucking scared I mean we had no idea how anything was going to turn I didn't know if me myself was going to get a lot worse by myself at my house and you you hear a couple you know younger kids have strokes and shit and living alone you're just like oh cool if I pop a stroke in the shower like what the fuck does that look like um so it's, it's, uh, I don't know, man, it, it, it was an extremely difficult time and fingers crossed we're out of the woods. Um, but really who the fuck knows, but, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to open the lines of communication with other people that might potentially be going through this or, you know, read the news and think the news is horse shit and this is the flu. Um, until you see one of your family members, like, struggle to get up, like, really be on the verge of, like, needing a piss pan by the bed, like, it is difficult to respect this thing, um, you know, with, uh, I mean, I got people in both camps, I got family that's super hypersensitive and gonna wipe down the groceries from Instacart with Lysol rags, and then I got people that think, you know, Bill Gates is doing the vaccine shit and, you know, the government, uh, this is, you know, this is the goddamn flu. It's all the sniffles and, you know, everything's, everything's bullshit. So (laughs) with, with an all time low, uh, faith in the media and, and kind of everything out there right now, I just wanted to put something down either in writing or record it. Um, just so people can kind of, kind of get a glimpse into what the fuck we went through. Um, because we're mad lucky, but it's, it was really on the cusp of some horrible shit. So it, uh, it definitely made us respect it. And I think it's something that should be respected. Uh, Personally, I don't give a fuck about wearing the mask. Like it's not an inconvenience to me. 
Uh, I don't question everything that comes out. I know I'm a sheep. I'm a fucking sheep. But uh, I, 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 this is something we were actively trying to avoid. Um, and it could be unavoidable till some vaccine action or herd immunity kicks in. But, you know, hey, uh, who the fuck knows? Here we are in January and... You know, new year, new me, man, I think it's the same old bullshit. So only time will tell. But uh, I, I really just wanted to put this down as a line of communication to anyone I know, even a fucking stranger, man. Uh, I know this was probably tough to get through not knowing, you know, me or my family. But if anyone wants to know anything or just talk about this or fuck, just talk about anything. Like we're we're all in a mental uh, shitty spot right now, I think. Uh, maybe except Bezos and all the goddamn companies that somehow are making fortunes, even though the rest of us are strictly getting plowed in the ass. So, God bless those handfuls of, of people. Everybody at Zoom, I, I applaud you. But uh, for for 90% of businesses out there, it's we're in survival and cutting our phone plans, and <laughs> it's like... I run my own small business, and it's, uh, boy, we're getting lean. We are getting lean here, you know? So, um, anyways, that's it. Uh, anyone who wants to know anything, I'm an open book. Uh, even if it's just the comfort of, like, the reassurance of, hey, um, you know, we're, we're not the healthiest people, and we made it through, uh, I think that would be the big take-home, that although it'll scare the shit out of you, the odds are pretty good. That, uh, that that you and your loved ones should should be okay, but you know at the same time, this is uh, this is not something to you know ignore or this isn't manifested by you know just this is the conspiracy theory shit just should be tamed a wee bit because this is definitely like a real thing. So, anyways, hopes that helps, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening.